right now, just just uh, quietly to ourselves, just maybe close your eyes and, and just think about your life right now. Um, you can go ahead and have a seat. Think of uh, all the blessings that God has given you in your life. Just the fact that we were able to come into this place means we have a certain amount of health. So, thank God for that. Maybe you thank God for your your family, your relatives, friends. Thank you for bringing us into this earth. God, I thank you for being holy. I thank you for giving us a way to have a relationship with you. I thank you for this life that you've given us filled with hope and love and joy, peace, and a world of chaos. God, I ask tonight for each and every one of us that your holiness will astound us. And it will call to us. And God, we'll just smile knowing that you love us. Ask for your spirit to be in this place and just teach us and prod us and guide us and encourage us. And I ask that by the end of tonight, your name alone is known and glorified. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Hey, if you have if you have a, a, a smartphone, you can pull that out and follow along on U version. Um, if you know what that is, then you're probably already on that. So uh, today is 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 going to be a different kind of day. I'm so glad that you guys are here. Um, and Project Salt is a little different um, than a lot of churches I know. Uh, we do things a little differently. Like for example, this is going to be our last gathering for four weeks, three weeks actually, and a lot of us know about that, and we're going to talk more in depth about that here at the end, but I want to go through, uh, we're in 1 Peter, and we're actually going to finish the book, uh, the first chapter of 1 Peter, if you believe me or not, we're going to go from verse 17 all the way to 25, we're, we're, na- we're going, I mean we're going all the way through this, partly because I've been at a camp all week long, and and I'm just, I, don't, I think I'm really tired, but I think I'm still on like this camp high because something happens when you go in a room with 700, yeah, I said 700 junior high students, okay? It's a little crazy. If you've ever been in a room with 700 junior high students, it's, it's very loud. In fact, last night was a phenomenal night. It was the last night of camp. Everything was kind of escalating, and, and, and I had a lot of you praying. Thank you very much. But last night was our final night. 
And, and the Spirit was moving, I mean, in big ways. There were students that were giving their life to Christ for the first time. There were students going around the room and, and confessing stuff that they were doing or thinking. And, and then there were students going around the room and asking each other to, for forgiveness for how they had talked bad or treated each other badly during the week or whatever. And it's just one of those moments when God was just so incredibly thick in that place. And, and it was so loud when they were singing. It was so loud. Like the band was loud in itself. Maybe I'm just getting older. I don't know. But the band was getting, the band was loud already. But then you add on top of that 700 people passionately crying and singing out to God. I, like there were moments when I was in the back of the room after I had already spoken. And I'm watching all these students just sing. Sing. And I'm seeing students with hands raised. I'm seeing students clapping. I'm seeing students crying. And I had to get a couple pictures just to remember. Because it was just so beautiful. And that's here on earth. I cannot wait to see what praise is going to be like in heaven. I cannot wait. And then we come here tonight and we're singing holy, holy, holy. That's beautiful. What does that do to you? What does that do inside you? It makes me smile. It gives me great hope to know that God is holy. Church, I love you. I love what we've been able to go through already in this first season of, of Project Salt. And I'm so excited to see what God has for us in the up and coming weeks, months, years. Who knows what God has planned, but I'm very excited. What I want to do is I want to go ahead and go to 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 17. We're going to start right there. This chunk of scripture, uh, has, has I've been reading it a lot this week, and I've been thinking about it and, and praying over this because it's, so, it's just so rich. I think, I think here's my problem. Every week when I stand up to speak, I'm like, this is the best passage in the entire Bible. But it happens every week. And so every week I'm like, where did this come from? Like, this is so rich. This is so good. So once again, I'm sorry. This is the best passage in the Bible. And we're going we're gonna to talk on this thing, okay? So 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 17 through 25. Uh, follow along in your Bible if you have it or on your U version. Uh, 17 says this. Since you call on a father who judges each man's work impartially, live your lives as strangers here in reverent fear. By the way, I'll pause right there. Yeah, if you need a Bible, go get it. It's in the back. If you don't have one to read, you can have that if, if you want it. Um, I'm going to read through all these verses, and then we're going to come back and pick through some, okay? So live your lives as strangers here in reverent fear. Verse 18. For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of the life handed down to you from, our, from your forefathers. Verse 19. But with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect, he was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in, in these last times for your sake. Verse 21, through him, you, uh, through him you believe in God who raised him from the dead and glorified him. And so your faith and hope are in God. Now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth so that you have sincere love for your brothers, love one another deeply from the heart. For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and enduring word of God. 
For all men are like grass, and all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers, and the flowers fail. But the word of the Lord stands forever. And this is the word that was preached to you. This is a big chunk. This is a huge chunk to, to go through and to think about. But I want, what I want to do is I want to go through and just pick apart some words as we go through this um, that jumped off at me. And maybe uh, tonight when you're reading this or tomorrow when you're studying it or whatever, these words will jump out at you or other words may jump out at you. Um, verse 17 uh, says this, Since you call... On a father who judges each man's work impartially, live your lives as strangers here in, in reverent fear. Again, I'm going to pull out this word strangers. Strangers. Because to me, this is such a weird word. It, it, it kind of doesn't make sense to me. How can we live in a world, this is our world, we live in it, yet consider it strange? Hey, this, is, this is what we know. Hey, raise your hand if you were born somewhere else. I mean, we were all born in this world. This is what we know. This is what we've grown up in. And the Bible, and Paul here is, is, is teaching, and he says, he says this, that we need to live our lives in this world as strangers. It's kind of weird to me to think that the things that I've been taught, the patterns that I've been taught, the things that I've grown to know in my life, 37 years of habits going down right here, and, and in the Bible it's saying, live as strangers in this world. This is the collision of God's word to me, what God is saying right here, and the condition of our age. The condition of our age. Because the condition of our age, uh, watch, you know, watch advertisements, um, go around and see billboards and, and hear people when they talk and, and all sorts of stuff. You're going to hear that this world is all about you and how to make yourself better and how to climb the ladder to the top and how to be the best at everything and have the nicest stuff. In fact, if you don't have the nicest stuff or the newest iPhone or the newest thing out, then you're not living right. You need to go out and work harder because you earn it and you deserve it. Yet that's the conflict that I struggle with every day because that's the condition of the current age we live in. Yet the Bible says we're to live as strangers in this world. There's so many pieces of this Bible that grab me and I have to step back and go, is this the reality of today? Mm-mm. In a lot of areas, what the Bible is teaching does not match the reality of what we're living with in this world. That's why the Bible says we're to live as strangers. Because if we were to live in the realities of this world, what kind of people would we all be? God wants people that are living, sold out for Him, sold out to His Word, and shining in the universe. He doesn't want people that are living in the realities of what this day and age is teaching us. We read and we feel one thing and we see and live in another one. The more I read this Bible, I don't know if this has happened to you, but the more that I read this Bible and the more that I find out who God has created me to be and to live like, the more that I do this, the more homesick I get 
for a place I've never been. Does that happen to you? The more I read how much Jesus loves me regardless of my actions, the more homesick I am for heaven. Because that's not what this world teaches us at all. Would you agree? We've got to earn that love. We've got to do stuff. We've got to measure up. And so when I read in verse 17, since you call on a father, he's your father, since you call on a father who judges each man's work and partially live your lives as strangers here in reverent fear, it is great hope for me. Great hope. Because my father is looking at me and saying, I've got a better life for you. So the world that you're in right now, live in it as strangers. Because it shouldn't make sense to you. My word should make sense to you. And should radiate through your entire being. Verse 18. For we know that it was not with perishable things, such as silver and gold, that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your forefathers. Let's stop there. I want to focus on these two words, perishable things. This book, this whole chapter here in 1 Peter has talked a lot about this, these perishable things. How many times have we put our hope in perishable things? Silver and gold. Our retirement account. Our hope in the government. Well, if we get this new president, then the world's going to be a better place. How many times do we put our hope in perishable things? I had an incredible week this week. I celebrated a huge, a huge like milestone in my life, a 14-year anniversary with Lauren this week. I mean, awesome. That's yeah, you can clap. Yeah, abs- absolutely. And as much as I as much as I love Lauren and as much as I love people, people will die. That's it. And if we put our hope in perishable things, if our hope is just that our marriage would be the best marriage ever and we are separated from the love of God, we're putting our hope in perishable things. We want to have strong marriages. Yes. We want to have great relationships. Yes. But if those are trumping the love of God in our life, what are we putting our hope in? perishable things. It's just like putting our hope in money. We know where that's going to go. Nowhere. For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed, redeemed, redeemed. I love that word. Redeemed. Underline that word. Redeemed. Slaves were redeemed when someone paid for their freedom. Their freedom was given back to them. They were redeemed by that. And so as we look at verse 18, it's saying that we know it's not with silver or gold that you were redeemed, that you were saved, that you were given back to your freedom. We know that it wasn't that. You can't buy, you can't earn this stuff. Um, and, and we know that because it was the empty ways that were handed down to you from, from our forefathers. We're to live as strangers in this world and we're to love God. We won't believe in perishable things or perishable salvation because we have a freedom and that freedom was bought. Let's see what it was bought with as we go down here. 
Verse 19. But with, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or, def, or defect, he was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last times for your sake. What was our freedom bought with? The precious blood of Christ. That is a non-perishable thing. There's not enough money in this world to buy your freedom, to buy salvation. Jesus knows that our condition in this world is bad, and it's separated from Him. And He goes on to teach us here that there's nothing we can do to buy this. Our hope has been purchased by God through His precious blood. Why was His blood shed? It was shed for our sake. In the Old Testament, if you did something wrong, you had to go and sacrifice. You had to sacrifice an animal and you had this blood. Then Jesus comes. And in the New Testament, His blood is shed for us to purchase, to cover over our sins and to present us to God. And I read this and I ask the question, can you see Jesus chasing you? Can you see how much Jesus loves you in this passage? He's chasing you down. He's saying, I know you're living in a world that's separate from me, and I know you're living in a world that's going after, looking after number one, and I know you're living in a world that's full of pain and of hurt, and I know you're going to make mistakes. I know it. And so I sent my son for you to die, to cover over these sins, to redeem you, to give you back your freedom, to give you an identity in Jesus Christ. And when I hear that, That's great, Lynx. And I smile at that. Verse 21. Through Him, you believe in God, who raised Him from the dead and glorified Him. And so your faith and hope are in God. What is your faith and hope in today? I mean, honestly, if you think about it, just think back on your day from the moment your alarm clock went off, or maybe it's Saturday, probably didn't go off, the moment you woke up today, and the moment that you started walking and thinking today, what have you put your hope in today? What have you put your faith in today? Have you lived your life as in you're in control have you lived your life as there is a God, but He's kind of over here when I go and when he's, when he's convenient to go to? Have you lived your life like that? Or have you lived your life in relationship, in step with Jesus Christ today? It's a good reminder. It's a challenge. And it's a good reminder that if we really say our faith and our hope is in God, we should be able to think back on our day and think back on our week and say, yeah, God's good. God's good. Regardless of what I've done today, God is good. Let's go to verse 22. 
Now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth, so that you have sincere love for your brothers. Underline this next part because I'm a feeler, okay? And I love this next part. Love one another deeply from the heart. I mean, I I had to pause on that when I read that. Love one another deeply from the heart. That is sincere love. What that says to me is when you are in need, I better be here. When you are hurting, I better be here. Because if I'm loving you deeply, from my heart, that means there should be nothing that you bring to me that I won't walk through with you. Do you know this kind of love? I don't. I mean, if you really think about this, do you know this kind of love? This, again, is a challenge for me, to love one another deeply from the heart. Let's go to verse 23. For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and enduring word of God. For all men are like grass, and all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers, and the flower falls. But the word of the Lord stands forever, and this is the word that was preached to you. I hear all of these verses, and I think of something that makes me smile, and this is what it is. As I read these verses, I see the gospel in these verses, and I see the message of hope in in these nine verses. And this is what I see. Number one, God is the judge. He is the judge. Number two, Jesus shed his blood for us. Number three, don't chase chase perishable things. Put your faith and your hope in God. And number four, love each other. When I read these verses, this radiates in me. And I, I think about this. I think about if someone were to just find this, find this Bible and everything was burned or ripped out of it, except these verses right here, and I smile. Just knowing that these verses alone, out of this incredibly big book, these verses right here paints the picture of love and how much God has been chasing us. Just in nine verses, we can see how much God loves us and what great link he's gone to to show us that love and that's nine verses today is is a different day and I know I flew through some of these these verses and maybe it's just because I wanted to get to chapter 2 I don't really know but I got to believe that something stood out to you today and I got to believe that you're thinking something today and the Holy Spirit's prodding you in something today. Even if my words have confused you a little, maybe, maybe that'll actually help you go home tonight and, and open the Bible and read this yourself and let God move in you. So either way, my job was done, right? You, you learned about the Bible a little bit today. Even if I did it wrong, okay? Okay. This is why, this is why today is so important and special to me. Uh, Project Salt. You know, we, we, a group of us moved here last uh, July, June, July, August, I don't know. We, we moved here about a year ago because God was saying, start a church in Greeley, Colorado. 
moved here. We got our families here. And along this last year, people have been coming and joining. And we've been saying something from the very beginning. We want to change the way people see Christ, Christians, and church. Because I look around in a world, and I look around in Greeley, and I look around in a world that is in desperation and in darkness and in pain. I mean, I don't have to go far to see this. I could go order a a McDonald's uh, Happy Meal, and I could see the pain. I mean, I could go for a walk, and I could see the pain. And maybe it's because God has given us eyes as children of of, of a king that we can walk around and we can see hope in dark places. But I see dark places all over the place. And I see lives in Greeley that need hope. I see marriages that are crumbling. I see addictions. I see so much stuff. But what I see overall is I see a people in need of God. And then what I also see is I see Christians walking around and I see some of them that are just not representing Jesus Christ. Their life does not match up with the teaching of Jesus Christ. And so we come across this saying, we want to change the way people see Christ, Christians, and church. Because I know I have muddied up the name of Christ. I know I have messed up the church. I know I am guilty of this. And so... Something that is a little different about Project Salt is that we're coming into our four weeks off. And we've talked about this before. And it's kind of like the story of the Israelites when they're leaving Egypt. And they're leaving being slaves. And what does God do for them immediately? He gives them a, 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 a cloud to guide them and a pillar of fire to guide them so they know exactly where they're going. And he doesn't take them the direct route. He takes them where he wants them to go. And, and they know that all they have to do is stay in this cloud or stay on this fire because all they know is they're leaving slavery and they're going to freedom. What happens to them if they're even one degree off that cloud? It's like, hey, hey, and they start moving away from that cloud. Church, we cannot move away from that cloud. God is guiding us, and he has purpose for us, and he has direction for us as a collective body called Project Salt. And so these three weeks that we're about to come off or or go into, four weeks about to go into, is about us seeking God. And we're going to seek Him in so many different directions. Because if we truly believe that the gospel can save people and there's a great hope, then we want to make sure that we're being very diligent with this. And we're listening to our King. And we're praying and talking to Him. I was at camp this week, and and there was a guy, they called him the wizard. He did all sorts of stuff. He blew things up, did all sorts of cool tricks and flashy things, and I'm drawn to flashy things. I I love them. But he did an illustration, and when he did this illustration, I started smiling. I'm like, I'll slip this guy a $100 bill if I can record this later on or whatever. So I walked up, and he said, you record it for free. So I did it on my iPhone. It's not a good illustration um, or image, but you'll be able to see what I'm talking about. Jared, do you have that that video right there? Um, 
If we can, if we can put it up, it's nice and short. to look at things a little differently and sometimes we may have to have square wheels on something that's always had round wheels. What will God show us in the next three weeks, four weeks, that we're praying and we're seeking Him for? Man, for some of us, it's going to be incredible just personally what God shows us. I want to go through the schedule a little bit this is what's, what's going to happen. On the 17th through the 23rd, this is our week off, and we're calling it celebration. This is, this is our week to celebrate. We've been in Greeley nearly a year. We've been meeting every week since January. And I got to tell you, as I look back on this last year and as I look back on our time together, we have a lot of reason to celebrate. And one thing that humans don't do enough of, and especially Christians and churches, is, is celebrate. And so what I want to do is take the time to pause. This is our pause and reflect. This is a, all right, we're putting square wheels on this deal. Can churches take weeks off? Yes, we can. And we're going to. And we're going to pause. And we're going to say, it's time to party. We're going to celebrate. And we're going to get together. And we're going to just laugh. And we're going to cry. And we're going to make a list of cool things that God has done. And what this is going to look like is this week um, starting tomorrow on the website every day there's going to be a devotion for you written by different people here and every day we want you to go to this you could go print them off for the week if you want to but you go go to the website and print off the devotions because that's what we want you as individuals and we want you as families to be praying through and to be going through so no matter where I'm at, if I'm on east side of Greeley and you're on west side of Greeley, we are praying the exact same thing. We're going through the exact same thing. And this first week's theme is celebrate. We've got a lot to celebrate. And on the 20th, which is, which is Wednesday, okay, Glenmere Park, which is, what's the, what's the address? It's on 14th Avenue, a block from UNC, the cool little shaded park. I think you know where it's at. Um, from 5.30 to 8.30 at night, we're going to have a gathering and we're going to party. Like, I got, a, I got one of those big obstacle blow-up thingies. I don't know what else to call them, except they give you burns everywhere. I mean, we're, we're going to go. Darian, I'm going to own you on that thing. But notice I didn't challenge Danny uh, or, or Mr. Iron Man Muddy Buddy back there, whatever his name is. Yeah, I'm not challenging you. Are you kidding me? So Wednesday, 
This, um, I will have a grill out there. Uh, I'll, I'll just have like cheap hot dogs and chicken. But if you're like, I'm too good for that, then you bring your steak and you can throw it on the grill. But we're. Oh, whatever, <laughs> whatever. So if you can make it, this is just this is just cool. I mean, this is just going to be a lot of fun from 5.30 to 8.30 um, at, at the Glenmere Park. We're just going to celebrate. I may have some croquet or something out there. Who knows? But it's just going to be a good time, a good time to get together. I would encourage you this. This week, it's our theme, celebrate. Go celebrate. Like, get someone and go have ice cream or something. Uh, I don't know. Or, you know, I don't know what you want to do. But just think about this. It's, this is our time to celebrate. We're going to do it together on Wednesday, though. Then what this looks like is on Saturday, it's going to be a beautiful day. Like we're not gathering. We're, we're, we're not going to gather. Maybe that's your day to go for a walk. Sleep in. Do something. But pray. Our hope during this whole time is that we're not meeting together a whole lot. But I think God is actually going to strengthen us. And I think God is going to show us some really cool stuff by doing this. We want to know that we're following Him. It's that simple. So Saturday, follow Him and celebrate. Maybe that's a good day to just grab a journal and write down everything that you have in your life to celebrate over. And then go buy yourself an ice cream. Okay, then we move into the, the 24th through the 30th, the next week. And this week, again, we're not going to gather on the 30th, which is a Saturday. So this will be our second Saturday to not gather. And the theme of this week is prayer as individual families. This, this one is, is going to be really cool for me. I'm excited for this. I, I don't pray a whole lot with my family. I mean, just to be honest with you, I don't. Maybe I'll start doing a better job at that this week. Maybe, maybe it'll be something that just awakens in me. But again, this whole time while we're off, just go, you can go to the website and you can get our devotions. And what's going to be neat about this is um, our family leaves to go to Houston um, for, you know, We'll be down in Houston um, for, for that week. And what we're going to be doing is, is speaking at another church and meeting with friends and all this stuff. But what's neat about this is I'm going to be in Houston with my family. And I'm not sure where you're going to be, but together we're going to be praying simultaneously for something. Whatever's on the devotions. And I think it's going to be strengthening us, even distance apart. And so maybe you can already start getting really creative. What are you going to do as individuals and as families to pray? To pray together and to really spend time doing this. And so Saturday on the 30th when we would normally meet, we're not. And so maybe as your family, you can go and you can spend some time in prayer. Then we move into June 1st through July 7th. And the theme of this, what? June? Oh, well, you know what I mean. That, that week right there, it's a typo. My secretary typed it wrong. That's me. That backfired. Okay. That week, our theme is prayer as a body. 
Um, this one, what we had thought about moving into this was, all right, we're going to, every, every night we're going to come together and we're going to pray, like in different parks or whatever. And, that, and as we kind of thought about this, it was like, okay, you know what? It just makes sense that we're going to pray as a body, but this is your opportunity to invite the body over. I mean, this is your body to take, or your opportunity to take the body out for ice cream and to pray. Uh, people that you normally wouldn't invite over, like get together and pray. I, I don't know, it's, it's just going to be a little weird and a, a kind of exciting as well that you know that when you invite someone over that you've talked to a little bit, not a whole lot, but you guys both know that the theme of that night is prayer. That's kind of neat. It's like, all right, this is going to be good. And so this week, prayer as a body, again, all, all the devotions are going to be on the website. You can go through there and, and pray through these things and read through these things. And, and I'm, I'm excited to see our body strengthened this week as we pray as a body. And we're not going to meet on the 7th either. So this will be our third week of not gathering on Saturday nights. Then we move into our last week, which is July 8th through the 14th. And this week, um, this is our gear up week. Because I just have to believe, and I already know that God is showing us some really cool stuff, that this week, we're going to need this week. Because God is going, hey, I have you in Greeley for a reason and a purpose. And this is what it is. Boom! And we're going to be able to unfold and unpack it and look at it and just get excited for what God has for us moving forward. And I guarantee it's going to be incredible because we're spending this time praying and asking God what He wants for us. So the way this is going to play out, um, it's a little different this week. On the 12th and on the 13th, which is a Thursday and a Friday, um, we, I've already reserved two spots in Estes Park and we're going to go camping. Now, you can go camping one night, two nights. You can just come up for the day and go away. You can come and go as you please. You'll bring your own gear. Uh, we have our spots up there. But this is, our, this is our time just as a family camp to get away and to just talk about the future and talk about what God has and whisper the secrets that he's been telling us as we've been praying as individuals and as families. And I think this is going to be a really good time. For those of you um, that, that don't like to sleep on, on mattresses or on, in tents, uh, we're about half a mile from the, the YMCA up at Estes Park. And so you can... You could call up there right now and just reserve a room if you'd like to, but hurry up because they're, they're booking up fast. Um, it, it, the directions will be on the website how to get to our camping site, but I'll just tell you right now, if you take 34 West all the way into Estes Park, uh, then turn left on, on 36, then go to Highway 66, turn left, and take that till it dead ends. And there's our camping spots. You'll find us right in there. So come and go as you please. But I'm pretty excited about that. And then on the 14th, uh, we'll, we'll pack up all our tents and come back to Greeley. And we will meet on the 14th. In here. On the 14th. And so, I look at this. And it's a little weird. It's a little strange. And I'm excited for it. Because I want to know that we're on with what God has. That's it. If not, I don't want any part of it. That's just the bottom line. I'm excited to get together and, and pray 
with, with some of you and, and to celebrate on Wednesday and to own some of you on the bouncies on Wednesday. I'm excited for all that. Um, but what, I, what I'd like to do is, is, Jeremy, do you have more songs that, that you could play or did you play them all out? I don't really know. Um, I, I want us right now just to, just to kind of go into this time, just, just praying a little bit and, and singing to God. Um, in the back, we do have communion. And I think this would be just a really cool time to say, here we go. We're entering into seeking God. And if you'd like to partake in communion, it's in the back. Um, you can just grab a piece of bread and, and dip it in the grape juice uh, and, and just remember what Jesus has done for us, this precious blood that he spilled for us to cover over our sins, to give us hope, to give us love. You know, this week as I spoke to these students, 700 insanely loud junior high students, the message that, that I gave last night was a simple message, and the message was this. God created you and he loves you. And if you call in the name of the Lord, you will be saved. That's it. Tomorrow will you wake up and do something wrong? Yeah. It doesn't matter. Because Jesus' grace is over you, flooding over you. And you say, you're a child of a king, and I love you. And what that means is when you start realizing again and again how much God loves you, you just start smiling. Because it's like, Aaron, he messes up. God, I'm sorry. God's like, Aaron, it's all good. It's already done, man. I love you. I'm like, really? Okay. The next day, Aaron messes up. God, I'm sorry. God's like, seriously? Aaron, I love you. Go on with it. And pretty soon I start to believe this. And pretty soon I start to smile. And pretty soon I'm like that little kid. You know that little kid who does something and looks up to see if dad's watching? And it's the right thing the kid's supposed to be doing. And he's just loving this relationship with God. Smiling in it. I don't know where you sit today and I don't know how much you've beat yourself up today or this week but stop stop beating yourself up smile knowing that there's a king who has given you a title called the child of a king if you've called on his name and that should put big hope on your face let me pray for us if we would all stand during this time would you just break our hearts for how much you love us God during, during this time would you show us yourself God thank you so much for our life Thank you for wanting to spend time with us. And I pray for our time specifically right here tonight. That your spirit would be moving in this place. Our hearts would be jumping. We'd smile knowing that we're loved by a king.
just accept this worship.